You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! What is up, Goat Flippers? Welcome to this episode of Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast, the number one metal and hardcore podcast on all of the internet. As you can tell, we're releasing this on a Wednesday. That's because we're trying a new release schedule since last week's podcast did better than normal. We're hoping that releasing on Wednesday might be a better option. Because, you know, you might have podcasts that release on Monday or Tuesday, and you might have nothing during the week. So now, we're going to come fill that void. Also, I just want to let you know this intro is going to be very quick because I am feeling under the weather and don't want to deal with a long intro. So with that being said, make sure you go ahead and head over to lambgoat.com and check out the new mobile-friendly layout. That's right, mobile-friendly layout for the first time in, I don't know, 58 million years. I'm still working on the podcast page myself, still working on all the videos, still getting all the audio set up. But don't fret, I've enlisted help from Derek from the Poolside Pod. He is helping me get timestamps, create content clips, and all sorts of things. So going forward, it will be like a well-oiled machine or something kind of like that, hopefully. Follow Lamgoat on social media, give us a like on Facebook, and you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Lamgoat. Head over to Lamgoat's YouTube page and you can find all of these interviews slash podcasts in video format as well as some other Lamgoat content. Make sure you hit the subscribe button and the alert bell so you're always notified when we have an upload. And if you want to follow me, Lurk, the host of the show, please go ahead and find me on Instagram and Twitter at Lurk City. That's L-U-R-K-C-I-T-Y. And without further ado, let's go ahead and roll into the episode. This week's guest is Doug Robinson, which you may remember him from the band he created with Sky Came Falling ex-members and himself called The Sleeping. He also was in the band Night Versus. So let's go ahead and get into it. Oh yeah, what's this? Oh yeah, this is good stuff. Oh no. Oh no, no, no. Lamb Goat presents the Van Flip Podcast. What is up? Welcome to yet another episode of Lamgo's Van Flip Podcast. Hope you're not too tired, but today we have... I'm going to come back to that little joke. It's a horrible joke, but today our guest is Douglas Robinson, and he is known for his work in The Sleeping and Night Verses, as well as a couple other things outside of music, which we'll kind of get into throughout the podcast. But welcome to the podcast, Douglas. How are you doing? What's up? Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm doing well. You? I'm doing okay. Um, nice. To touch base on my horrible joke that I tried out just to begin in the beginning. If I you're, think I, I think okay. I knew where it was going. I'm hoping that everyone else listening also knew. <laughs> <laughs> um, we kind of connected in a weird, strange way. I actually bought this particular record. Oh, sick! Look from, at that from Tiger Records, and um, that's the local little uh, shop here. And you commented on that actual post, and you 
it wasn't about that uh, record. It was about some other record, but that record was on the wall. And um, oh, uh, that's right. Oh my, I didn't see it. I don't even realize that's the way that we just connected. Wow, that's pretty funny. Yeah, and I was like, "No, sir, Doug, you're not getting that record. You should already have one." I know there's only like a hundred of those pressed, so like I was yeah. very, very. Uh, I've been looking for that one for a while, so I was still. That's super funny. That's awesome. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, I saw that. Po- someone sent me that. So I was just like, someone was like, oh, check it out. So then I just wrote like, uh, I was like, sell me that record. Yeah, you know, I have them too. But it was just really funny because I was just like, I kind of just kind of wanted to like mess around. So I was like, oh, sell me that record. And I don't think anyone got it, but you did. And that's sick. I did. Yes, I did get it. I had, like I said, I've been looking for it for quite some time. It it was definitely. What color is it? The Sandy Puke or the blue one? I'm going to show everybody on the video just so they know I'm not lying. But it's the blue one. (laughs) And I think that's the uh, the limited one, right, Scott? Both both of them were, yeah. True, but this one's more limited. It's a hundred. Yeah, I think that one was like a hundred or something like that. It's a very nice blue. Yeah, that's sick. Yeah, I like that colorway. Actually, that variant's really nice. Well, well, Doug, the album's really nice too. I must commend you on that. Hey, thank you. No I appreciate problem. it. We all do. Um, we'll get into all of that. I actually want to just. Google over your Mars Volta box set in the background. Is that what I'm looking at here? Yep, that is exactly what you're looking at. You're a lucky SOV. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, it's funny because my brother-in-law had messaged me and he knows, he always sends me like record news in the morning or whatever because he knows I'm like a big collector or whatever. So he sent me that and I had already looked at it and it's, you know, whatever, the price is definitely not (laughs) cheap. And I was just like, I kind of sat there on my couch for like an hour debating whether I should get it. And I was like, you know what? I'm just, this is like one of my favorite bands. Why would I not get it? I don't care about the money and it, music. I like, I don't care about the money. Like Agreed. I want to buy it, you know? So I like sat on my couch for like a little bit. And it's funny in the time I sat on the couch, I was still able to buy one. And then not <laughs> too long after that, they sold out. So I was like, wow, I'm like super happy that yeah. I was just like, fuck it. Just do it. How many of them were there were made like 500 or something like some? Uh, no, there, there is 5,000, which sounds like Yikes. a lot, yeah, but yeah. like in the grand scheme of a band like that, it's really not that many. So, uh, I mean, they sold out in like less than a day. So, yeah. oh, I yeah. mean, it's, uh, like, you know, 5,000 isn't 500 or whatever, but it's extremely limited with a band like that. You know, that'd be like, if like, you know, and obviously there's, different tiers but i'd be like if tool put out a box set you know what i mean like they'd probably sell out in like a minute but Mm -hmm. still it's like along that vein people who know this mars volta like or anything they've ever done know that like they want that you know what i mean well i can i can tell you uh through covid and everything like that i've spent a little we're not going to really talk about covid because i've exacerbated it on this podcast (laughs) i feel however during during this time, I've kind of taken it to be like, okay, I'm going to check out some bands that I kind of maybe have slept on or just did never check out, you know, because there's so many bands coming out with new music all the time in different genres. It's hard to kind of keep up with everything. And yeah. unfortunately, the Mars Volta is one of those that fell through the cracks for me. And I never, never got in, never even checked it out until yeah. this hoopla of the uh, box set came out and everyone was going nuts about it on a glass jaw group that I was a part of, that I'm a part of. And I was like, let me check it out. And uh, I have to tell you, I can't get past uh, Deloused because it's such a great album. I was like, holy shit, I can't believe that I've slept on this for that long. 
And like, I know that Francis the Mute and some other ones are like a lot of people's classic favorites, but like, oh my God, DeLaus is like, I still am not, I'm not over it. You know what I mean? I've only been listening to it for probably a month or two and I've tweeted about it all the time. And I know people are probably like really bummed out that I'm just now getting into them or whatever, but it's such a great album. It's better late than never when, especially when it comes to music or anything for that matter, for the most part, I mean, anything positive, I mean, better late than never, but I will say that's an incredible record. I mean, the energy on it is just like, unlike anything like you, like you've rarely ever heard. I mean, you know, like, there's just bands that do it for you. And there's, there's, I mean, listening to that is like watching the office. Every time you watch it, there's something new, right? Listening to a Mars Volta record, any of them, it there, I always hear something new. It's always something else. I'm like, I have never heard that before. And I probably listened to all those records even before the vinyl, like thousands of times, you know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, honestly, that's such a great record. And yeah, there, there are fan favorites and whatnot. That's obviously like a seminal album for them, but their EP is amazing. It's it's awesome. It's like at the drive-in. It, it's like coming out of at the drive-in, so you can hear like the at the drive-in kind of roots. Yeah, but it's going for that like D Laos kind of feel, and the bass player on that record is insane. Her name was uh, Eva. I don't remember her last name, but I mean she's she's like so good on that record. And in the pocket with John Theodore, it's like. It's pretty, it's pretty incredible. And hearing it again on vinyl, I never realized how like in sync those two were. Yeah. I was just, it was like listening to it again, but yeah, um, that's a great EP cut that city EP. I'll check it out. I definitely, yeah. um, I actually, what's odd is I stumbled, uh, I collect CDs too, which is horrible. I know, but Eric from night versus collect CDs too. He's got a massive stack. Like you, you can't even hate on it when some, if you're collecting any, form of music it's amazing you know rather than like streaming all the time or whatever but yeah eric from night versus has like so many cds it's insane i've only started in the last two years and i off and on i don't allow myself to go crazy with it because obviously with the internet and ebay you can go crazy but i try to like okay if i find them out in the wild like in my local area i'll scoop whatever up so i've i've got about 200 plus now but um i'm looking in i'm looking at your collection here i've already pointed out the mars, mars volta but is that a Garth Brooks to your left? That is, okay. yeah. <laughs> okay. The last, I think, great like rock country star, whatever you want to call him. I mean, he embodied, I think, the last of like wholesome country music. Um, but like in more of that like rock star world, I mean, he is like still, I think, the most massive country star like For in sure. existence. Um, my mother was a huge, is a huge Garth Brooks fan. And I, you know, I grew up on Garth Brooks. I'm not like much of a, I don't, I don't really look at music in like genre form. Like I don't think about it like that. If I love something, I love it. Or if it means something special to me, like I love it. And I mean, I can sing like every Garth Brooks song because my mother, that's like all she played that and Selena. I have a bunch of like Selena as well. That's so, cool. so it's well-versed. But, you're, you're well-versed in genres and you're eclectic. Let's just leave it at that. Right. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I always think of music as whatever's dope is dope. You know, like what you like is what you like. And there's so many things I listen to that people would be like, what, or whatever, you know, not, and I don't say that even pretentiously, but like, uh, like my all time favorite artist is Fiona Apple. Oh, cool. you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, I just think whatever is 
whatever you love is what you should listen to. It shouldn't be what, you know, what genre your bands are in or what, you know, whatever, like what, what genre you grew up around. You should always like, you know, try to intensify just like the notion of how much music means to you inside rather than just as like us, you know, as a band or an artist or whatever, you know, yeah, I agree. I agree. Last question about your collection there. What kind yeah. of, what kind of record player are you rocking? I just have the audio technica okay. LP, whatever 1200, whatever the hell it's called. Um, I want to start DJing. So I think at some point I do want to get, I do want to get like techniques, but I mean, I, I would probably just DJ in my room. Like I don't, it's not like I want to do it for anything crazy. Yeah, I was going to say, what kind, of, what kind of DJ are you talking here? Just like indie dance? Just kind of just spinning records. You know what I mean? Like uh, my wife, her best friend and, and her husband, they, uh, they spin like dance hall and a lot of like reggae and dub music. And it's just dope because they're not like trying to scratch or anything. They're just playing like song after song. And you just kind of get into like the vibe. And it's sick when you, you kind of see where they're going in their like sets and you're like, Oh, this is, this is rad. Like I see what they're kind of doing here. And I would just like to do that with music I have, you know, but obviously I'd want to buy singles cause I don't want to like, I don't want to like start the records of these. Like a lot of these are, you know, all limited and all right, that shit. Right. So that's actually a uh, IDJ as well. And that's the kind of DJ right. I am. I'm not a scratch person or anything like that. I may do some kind of like cue point type things on right, like, right. A, like a, um, if I'm digitally DJing, but I'm more of a vibe curator myself as well. So I, I, yeah. I spend time trying to figure that out and that's yeah. also work in general. So people don't it look at so it. The same. Fun. Oh, it, it is seems it like is. so fun. Like they've let me do it at their house, you know, just messing around with their records and, you know, it was just awesome. And, and, you know, like as a musician, I feel like I have a sense of where to start and stop on even songs. I don't know if I just listen real quick and, and I was like kind of getting into it. I'm like, man, I could, I would honestly just do this in my room for like days. Yeah. Like no one would ever even need to see me. I would just be in here like flipping out. Well, now you know why there was such a uh, a drop off of band music because all these kids were getting in their rooms and just DJing to themselves. So yeah, <laughs> you know, kind of like pushed the electronic world and the DJ world into the forefront <laughs> in the last couple of years, which I, you know, admittedly was part of as well. Um, yeah, I mean, look, you like whatever you like, you like, you know? Yeah. I'm a house guy, so you know I, I do like house and minimal tech house and all that other stuff. But that's sick. I'll do a new metal evening every now and then. You know, if I get <laughs> someone someone hires me, I'll do some new metal or some extreme kind of music uh, evenings. But do you play out a lot, or I used to actually a lot. I used to actually yeah. make music and house music and stuff like that, and so I would sure. play like out and open for like bigger acts and yada yada yada. But uh, that's also a hustle and a grind that I'm just kind of like, I'm too old now, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So that's dope though that you did it. That's it. Yeah. You know, had to try, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, let's get, let's, let's kind of pump the brakes on all the cool talk. Let's get in, let's get down to business. The sleeping or playing again for the first time in many years. Yep. What kind of brought that on? It's so funny. I've been asked this question <laughs> already by like so many friends or whatever. And, I don't think people realize and not that anyone in the band expects anyone to realize, but we're like such best friends still like all of us, you know, like I was just in Mexico, Cameron who plays guitar, he lives in Mexico and um, my, uh, my sister-in-law and my brother-in-law just got married. So like we flew down there, hung out with Cameron for like the week, you know, like uh, 
we're all like best of friends. You know, Zizzo DJed the wedding, our drummer Joe. He DJed the wedding. Cameron played at the wedding. Like he played at the like the dinner. Mm-hmm. So it's like we're all still heavily in each other's lives. Sal's my best friend, you know, best man at my wedding, vice versa. So like I I I think what brings it on is just us being like, let's do this. You know what I mean? There there was nothing, it's not some like whimsical thing or anything. I mean, it's whimsical in the sense that like we're stoked to do it because we're all at that like like we all have that same energy right now, but let's do it. Let's play, you know? But um, there's like nothing, nothing crazy that brings it on. It's just more or less like, yeah, let's do it. You know? Well, that's cool. So it's, uh, it's pretty funny because it is a magical thing, but it just comes very naturally. You know, we, we love it so much and we, we are so happy when we're in that world of let's fucking do this. You know what I mean? But, uh, but yeah, like nothing crazy brings it on. It's just, we're all just sitting there like, you know, it's been a while. We all miss each other. Like, let's, let's do this. So, so it sounds like people have moved around a little bit. Yeah. Um, Joe and Cameron lived in LA. Cameron had just moved to Mexico a couple, a few months ago. Now Sal lives on Long Island still. He like runs all of Long Island, has like a ton of businesses. Um, I live in Jersey city, but I had moved out to Los Angeles yeah. When, you know, just, just needed like a life change. You know, I uh, got a cool job there. I worked for a skateboarding company. So, uh, so yeah, so flew out to LA and hung out with Zizzo and Cameron like all the time. And LA just really wasn't for us in the end. So moved back home, Jersey city, you know, two on the East coast, two on the West. Well now actually that's not the case, but <laughs> you know, it was, uh, it was cool to do that too, because I feel like I got to hang with Joe and Cameron over there on the West coast, the way I hung out with, you know, the way I hang with Sal here. So it was, uh, it was pretty cool. And I definitely needed that. So the next big question, I know you're not a guy that really does anything kind of like half-assed. And when you do things, it seems like it's been methodically planned out and perfected. So one can only expect <laughs> that there might be like some new music for the sleeping. Is that something that we can kind of <laughs> safely say, or is it just everything up in the air? You guys are just playing right now. I think we're just playing right now. You're letting yeah. us down, man. You're letting us down, Doug. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you, you never know. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I think uh, I think right now we're just like, yeah, let's play, you know, and that's that's the energy we want right now, and that's what feels right. But uh, but I mean, it's I don't think it's ever been off the table, you know. I don't think new music has ever been off the table at all. But I mean, as of right now, we're just stoked to like play together again. And mm-hmm. that's kind of what's really on the forefront of our like, you know, thought process. And um, as of right now, it's only the Irving Plaza show. But is there some other dates that might be able or not not able, but might sneak out in the near future? Honestly, I, I we're in such a good headspace right now that you never know, honestly. And that's not like some cryptic. You never know. It's just like. On it, we're in such a good mindset together. And, you know, I think the timing just feels right that we've definitely, like I said, like Irving has been on our mind, but I don't think anything's ever necessarily like out of the question. You know, I feel mm-hmm. like we're in a good swing and, you know, just from the, the talks we have as a band, you know, as friends, but now thinking of it again, as like the band, it's like, Oh shit. Like everyone's pretty stoked and fired up to do this. So. Well, I'm sure the fan base is also stoked. It's one of those things where you guys were like around for a number of years and then you kind of, you know, disbanded or whatever you want to call it. Just yeah. put it on the back burner. 
And then mm-hmm. you kind of went and did uh, Night Versus for a little while. And yeah, um, yeah. so it, it's it's really cool as a fan of The Sleeping, which I mean, I've, I'm a fan of The Night Versus as well. But as a fan of The Sleeping, I'm, I was really stoked that at least you're getting back together. I don't necessarily know that I'll be there in December because it's in New York and I'm in Florida. But uh, stranger things have happened. So who knows? <laughs> yeah, you should come. I mean, you know, it's always difficult for out-of-towners. It's right before the holidays and whatnot. But, I mean, you know, it's it's never anything inclusive in the sense of like, oh, we just want it for people. It's like, you know, we're it makes the most sense So because a lot of people are home. And I think it's just, you know, there are already people hitting us up like, oh, we booked our flights or we're booking our flights. We bought the tickets. So it's like, it's pretty cool. We haven't, you know, it always feels so weird talking about a fan base because (laughs) everyone says this, but like, it is incredible how awesome our fans are. I mean, you know, I feel like people have seen our growth as people, as I I feel like our fans have seen us grow as individuals and, and like really just kind of, you know, just grow. You know, I think our fans have noticed the evolution of us as people and whatnot. And to see all of these fans that are growing with us and still listening to us is pretty awesome because it almost feels timeless in a way, you know, a lot of bands and artists, and this isn't on any one specific, but sometimes people stop growing with those artists or, or those right. musical acts they love. But I feel like our music's kind of standing this test of, you know, this, this test of time yeah. kind of, you know, situation. It, it seems like a lot of people have grown up with us and are stoked to listen to us still, yeah. you know? Do you think some of that has to do with like the prevalence of your, like that's like the album. I just, uh, what is it? questions and answers. I always forget <laughs> questions and answers. Do you think that's because like a couple of those songs were in like video games really back in the day in the mid two thousands? I mean, you guys had a song on what guitar hero, uh, don't hold back was on guitar hero. You guys yeah. had songs on like Madden and other EA sports games. Do you think like, because a lot of those games, like a lot of the sports type games, at least, uh, yeah. when you're playing them, those songs are just playing in the background. So like subconsciously, you're kind of just like hearing the song all the time. And I've right. liked a lot of songs from those games. So I used to play those kind of games. But do you think that's something that's like stuck with your fan base too? Like a lot of the fan base that you wouldn't get out outside of like the scene, the hardcore and the hardcore scene. Do you think that's a prevalent reason why? I don't know. I definitely know that that got us a lot of new like fans. You know, I definitely know that. Um, But it's weird. I I don't know. You know, I feel like a lot of the fans we speak with or, you know, briefly like talk to on Instagram, whatever, are people that I remember from shows or, you know, I kind of have a pretty good memory. And, you know, I when I look at our Instagram and, you know, our Instagram's like growing, we kind of just started it again, you know, but when I, when I talk to the people that are, you know, replying that, you know, or messaging that they've got their tickets or whatever, it's like a lot of it's people I've seen in like some of our earlier years, you know what I mean? So I definitely think that is a, I definitely think that's a thing, you know, those games were huge, you know, Guitar Hero is like one of the, biggest selling games at least of that period it was like the highest selling game of all time or at least in again in that era right, right, right. I don't know statistics but uh <laughs> but yeah i think i i think it's a culmination of everything i i think people are stoked as as like old fans and i also think we definitely we definitely have a lot of new listeners like i look at our spotify listens and i'm just like whoa i didn't even like 
I didn't even like think about that. You know yeah. what I mean? So something's going on underneath all of, all of what we're just going through as like being a band again, or, you know, whatever, playing the show, like it, there's something else that we're like, wow, seems like there's some movement with something. So uh, it is, it is pretty interesting because, you know, it's like, it's cool to know where it comes from, but at the same time, it's also kind of dope that you don't know, you know, like, cause whether we, whether it's all old fans, that's amazing. Or whether it's old and new, that's awesome. Whether it's all like, you know, it's, it, we're, you know, we're glad to see that most of the people we interact with are old fans that are hyped, mm-hmm. but I definitely think there's a mix of, of new people too. Cause like I said, there seems to be some movement that I'm, uh, that we're like seeing. So that's great. It's great to know. And I'm going to test yeah. your, I'm going to test your uh, memory skills here real quick. I wasn't going, oh, no. I wasn't going to say anything, but uh, a friend of mine asked me to ask mm. you if you remember a small kid in Waycross, Georgia, probably at a show, I would assume Waycross, Georgia, uh-huh. wearing a Smith shirt at the show. I remember the Waycross show and it was literally in this like tiny room. And I definitely think I remember, I definitely think I remember the shirt, but (laughs) I don't know if I exactly remember the, the seat, like the moment, Mm -hmm. but I definitely remember that show 100%. Because I think I remember also, it was like one of our first shows in Waycross and we, we became friends with a lot of cool people there. And uh, I think I remember at that show, I think we like climbed up a ladder on the side of the building and like went on the roof or something like that. I'm pretty sure it was that same show. Well, interesting. So, I, I, that's all yeah. the information I have on that show. That's, yeah. that's something someone sent me on Instagram to bring up. I wasn't going to, but since you were saying that you have such a spot on memory, I was like, hey, let me test it out. That might be cool. But uh, And that memory of just what I think that shows from was also probably like well over a decade ago. Oh, yeah. So. Give me, give me some credit. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, yeah, yeah. No. Credit is credit, credit given where credit is due for sure. It's probably been even longer than a decade, so who knows? Yeah, I think it has been. Yeah. So. But um, I found out about your band, I think, from Guitar Hero because I was such a Guitar Hero nerd, and I, I, I loved that song, you know, uh, Don't Hold Back. And I, for some reason, I, you know, I got the album and everything like that, and I was in love with the band, love with the album. And then I came to find out that the guys outside of, and correct me if I'm wrong, Outside of you are all from a band called Sky Came Falling, which is also a New York band. Yep, that is true. Yeah. yeah. So that's yeah, pretty cool. Um, how did you link up with them? How did I? Yeah. How did you, did you know them prior or while they were in the band and you just kind of lucked I, into that? Or I didn't. I was a fan of Sky Came Falling. You know, I um, I worked at a Hot Topic when I was younger, so I would Hell always yeah. grab all the records <laughs> that came in. And, you know, I remember hearing Sky Came Falling from, from there. And, you know, I was super into it. I mean that was kind of up my alley at that point. You know what I mean? So I was definitely into the band. Um, I had, I, so I was dating this girl who went to a college that was like a Jesuit school. So basically like you couldn't stay overnight or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I remember my mother and her boyfriend at the time were moving to Pennsylvania, some like, you know, some like kind of small town place in PA. And um, there was an ad, I was at that college and there was an ad I was on, I was on a computer and there was an ad on like mp3.com, I think, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, okay. And it was like ex members of sky came falling looking for a singer. So I sent over some of, um, some, some, um, recordings from my like band. I, you know, grew up with in Jersey still while I played guitar and sang in that band. And I was, I just sent it over 
And I got a response, I believe, from Cameron. And um, basically what happened was um, I tried out for like three months or so. Um, I tried out for like two weeks straight, like pretty intensively. Um, I was taking the train from the Bronx, well, from Penn Station. I was taking the train out to Long Island. And at this point, my mom had already moved. My mom was like, hey, you could, you can stay. She's like, you can come with us or you can stay and try to make this, uh, this band happen or whatever. You know, I told her what was going on. So I like lived in the house when like all the electricity went out. Um, <laughs> there was like no heat. I just slept on like the remainder of my futon until the house got like, until people moved into the house. So I would like have candlelight, you know, like that's, that was my lighting. I would just go grab food at the fast food places down the street or whatever. But um, yeah, so I, I tried out for a few weeks straight. And then for about two or like two and a half, three months, maybe I never got a call. And at this point, I think I had moved at that point. I was staying with some friends on their couch. I was actually staying with my friend CJ and his family um, at this point, I believe. And um, I remember the day before I got the day I got the phone call. I remember like going through Penn Station because I had to go that way to get to the co- um, my ex-girlfriend's college. And I remember like looking at the screen for the Long Island Railroad and like seeing the stop I would take to go try out. And I just remember being like, man, that sucks. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I in my head like, fuck that shit. That sucks, you know? Yeah. And then um, I got, I didn't have a cell phone either at that time. And cell phones had like just come out, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I got, I got to the, my ex-girlfriend's dorm and she was like, she had a phone and she was like, Cameron's on the phone, Cameron's on the phone. And I was like, well, that's so weird. And I picked up and he's like, Hey, we really, we really like what you did. I th- we just tried out a bunch of people. Sorry. It took a while to call you back, but uh, we, th- we want you to keep coming back. So eventually I just kept coming back and that's kind of, you know, that's how it happened. That's awesome. So, yeah, it was cool. It was um, I've done a lot of, I've done a lot of like surviving, I guess you can say in the sense of like living in like abandoned houses. I lived in the, I lived in the rehearsal space for a really long time. Um, when I joined the band, we split a studio at that time with the movie life who, you know, Vinny's like one of our best friends now. And, uh, I remember at that point they didn't know I was living there and they go movie life would like go on these crazy tours and they had like this lost and found box. that had like a GameCube in it. And I would like pull out the GameCube and like there'd be a TV and I would just set it up. And I would, I was like, I didn't like sleeping there because it was just like some raggedy, like crazy ass Mm -hmm. warehouse. So I would just stay up all night and either like play Joe's drums or I would just like play video games. And sometimes they'd come home from tour at like four in the morning and I'd be like sleeping on the couch. Like, what are you doing? Like, oh, I just grabbed the cab here like really early. And I remember we became friends with them and did a bunch of tours with like Avalanche. I remember telling Vinny, I'm like, you know, I live there, right? He's like, yeah, he's like, I can kind of tell you live there, but uh, I never said anything. Yeah. I've also kind of done some weird, sketchy things like that throughout my lifetime. So, you know, I, think- yeah, I mean, everyone has, you know, I, I think, I think it's just kind of serendipitous in the sense of um, just like the story of, of what, how we became, I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I never, I never act like I was like the only person who did it, but we've, we've all been through some crazy stuff. And, and I think, I think being in a band and experience in life like that, I think, I think just chaos finds musicians and finds artists in general, Yes, agreed. you know? So um, it, it's pretty funny how like things turn out, especially when you get older, you look at it back at it all and you're like, wow, 
Like yeah. I, I couldn't even, I couldn't even really, st- I don't even like staying out period. <laughs> like at a friend's house for like a night, I'm right. like over it, you know? Right, right. So it, it's pretty funny to think I, you go from that, you know, from sleeping on like some couch that has like burn holes and who knows what else right. in it, like half ripped off, you know, like spring sticking out to, you yeah. know, not even really leaving your home. <laughs> it doesn't seem bad when you're in the moment. It's only when you reflect back, I, I guess, you're like, oh, I can't even believe I did that. Totally. Well, I mean, you're young at yeah. that point. You're young and you have this drive, like this unbelievable drive. And, you know, I didn't care what would happen. I was just like, I'm making this band happen. That's it. I'm, we're, you know, like, I'm not going anywhere. I'll, I'll sleep underneath a car if I have to. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I think in those moments, you're, you know, we're equally as driven now as people. But I, you know, when, you know, we have families and, I think it's different when you, when you, you've thought it out more, you know what I mean? You've yeah, exactly. And, it, and honestly, it's, it's almost better now being smarter. I feel like you make smarter decisions. You know, it's, you're, you know, when you're like laying in these like spaces or, you know, like you're in this headspace of like, I don't give a shit. I think it, I think you're like overseeing a lot of real decisions or what and whatnot, you know, whereas, as time goes on, you get older, the bands get more business-like or whatever, you know, the, the machine starts going and you're kind of able to see it differently. And now as the people we are, I think we see it even more differently than we used to, which I'm glad we do. I'm glad we all have a different perspective as who we are now, you know, like Sal has kids, you know, Joe's got a longtime girlfriend, Cameron's in Mexico, like, you know, really doing his thing in his life. And, you know, I, and, you know, I have a wife and two awesome cats. I I just think it's your perspective shifts, but it makes you, of course it makes you wiser, but it also makes you, I think, driven in just such a different way. Like how can I make this happen being smart? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Plus, I mean, it is a little bit of character building in those times because you don't necessarily understand or realize how bad it is, (laughs) you know? Yeah, totally. So, but when you look back, you're like, damn, dude, I really did that. You know, I really fucking stayed at that house with no power and stuff. Cause I've done that too. You know what I mean? Like I've right. lived with friends that the power goes out and we're there for a month just stealing power from the next house or, you know, with like right, an extension right. cord or something. So it's been, it's been a fun and wild ride, you know, teens and early twenties are kind of strange. Um, hopefully you oh, know, for people out there, they're not living that life forever, but it is, you know, a little bit character building, I, I think. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's uh, it's almost like that put up or shut up mentality, too, of like nothing will stop me from this band doing, you know, making the moves that it's like destined to make or whatever. You know, like when when we were practicing in the beginning, I remember that rehearsal space I was living in. I mean, we wouldn't we would start practice at like seven in the morning or sorry, seven at night. And we would end at like eight, nine in the morning. Like we would open up the doors and the sun was out. Like nothing stopped us at that moment, at that point, you know, we were just like, it does not matter, you know, and we would do that like five, six nights a week. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it's, it is, it, it's, uh, it's like a, you know, it's like, um, badge of honor almost, you know, like becoming who you are from these moments that you had, I think is like an incredible thing because I wouldn't be the person I am today if it wasn't for all the craziness, you right, know, the, exactly. the good, the bad, the ups, the downs, you know, like, None of us would be. And I also, I also feel, um, I myself, I kind of like to think that I'm a quote unquote creative. 
I don't think this world is built for creatives at this particular juncture. And I think it's kind of hard to be a creative in this, in this day and age, because I don't think we necessarily fit into, you know, where we're a round peg in a square hole or whatever that adage is. Uh, whereas if you go to school and you do school right and you do your job right and you do all this, you get the accolades of like, you know, steady life, but that's kind of never appeared, uh, uh, appealed to me. I mean, the steady life part, definitely, but the steady life of doing what I want to do. I don't necessarily want to like be in the corporate world or anything like that. I'd, I'd rather just create at this particular point, it, it, we would lump it in as content, but like art, music, you know, anything like I, my passions are drawn more, more towards that. And only when I got older, did I realize like, man, uh, it was always going to be hard going down that path. It wasn't like I was fucking up or I was screwing up because I know a lot of times when kids are going through that, um, you know, early stages of being creative, whether it's in a band or painting or sculpting or art photography or whatever, there's going to be a lot of self-doubt. And, you know, you'll see your peers doing everything different from you for the most part. Like they're going to college or they're, you know, doing this job and they're they're moving up and you're, you're just sitting here trying to make whatever it is work and you can't understand why. And um, it's just one of those learning learning curves that you have to just – you got to power through. And I always try to tell people that are creative or that are following their dream, whatever it is, there's going to be way more downs in the beginning, but the ups at the end are going to be so high. You're, you're, you're going to be on your own high. You know what I mean? And it's just great. Totally. It's a great feeling. Well, honestly, it's not even just downs in the beginning. It's downs all the time, but <laughs> I was being kind of somewhat positive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, it's like the downs, I mean, you know, and again, I, I I love art on all mediums, you know what I mean? But as a, if I'm talking as a musician, like, you know, it's like, it's all worth it. Like music is the best thing in the world. And to be able to have some sort of career playing music, it's fucking awesome. You know what I mean? Like, um, I, I don't know. I, it's just like, a, you can't ever describe it. And I'm so excited, you know, not to, you know, I don't want it to sound like self-promotion because it's not, but in the context of the show, it's like, I'm so stoked to play because I feel like we're all kind of on that level right now of kind of feeling that again in that sense of like, let's just fucking rip, you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. let's, let's just like, seriously, just go out there and play. Like, you know, we're, we're meant to be this band. We always are, you know, no matter how long we've been away or whatever, like we, you know, we're meant to be this band, you know what I mean? And the chemistry is real and that's why we've always been as close as we are. And, you know, I think through all the stuff we've been through together and as individuals, we all see each other now and we're like, damn, like we're different, but we haven't gone anywhere. We're all still here for each other. And we're still, you know, it's just, uh, it's pretty cool because there's definitely so many things we would do differently, but at the same time, it's like, we wouldn't change anything for the, for the world, you know, the way it all went down, you know? So to be able to come back years later and people are hyped and, you know, it just shows you that it is worth it no matter what. It's like, there's like, like it's, I had someone message me the other day, like the fact that you guys could just announce a show and just crush it is like super insane. And I was just like sitting in this room because I'm pretty much always in here. And I'm just like, man, it is an amazing thing. You know, like it's, it's pretty badass and it definitely makes us feel so good and like important 
to like the music that we created. And I feel like, you know, it, we, I think we do our fans justice because we are honest people and we wouldn't just get back together or whatever if we didn't want to. And, you know, it don't tying it back around to just, it's all worth it. You know, everything we do for this is like music is the best, you know? Speaking of music, I have a, a question about your, the sleeping music. Um, there seems to be an ongoing theme throughout the records. Uh, the big mm-hmm. breakdown is obviously uh, the, the track is on, appears or not the same track, but the title track appears on uh, multiple records. Um, why is it that day three is the first one you talk about? Or the first one you guys released on questions and answers, but then you have day one and two on the subsequent records. And what's the storyline on that? Because also you can hear uh, lyrics or lines that have been used in other songs throughout your discography. So I was kind of curious as to like, are there multiple storylines kind of going on or is it just one story that you're kind of focusing on or, or is it songs just differ from track to track? Um. There was definitely a theme across the records. Um, you know, my life was a whirlwind as when I was younger. It really was like I, I pretty much fell in love with everyone I ever met. You know, I had I had an ex girlfriend, the one who I was mentioning. I went to her. You know, I would like go to her college, and that's where you know the whole sleeping thing started. Um, and the day one and day two are basically about her, but then shifted to a a girlfriend I had after her that I was with for like seven years on and off. Um, Just like a really toxic relationship. And it kind of blends into that as well, but basically day one and day two. So we had broken down in Cordial, Georgia and our first shuttle bus was like toast. Like that was it. It was done. And we broke down there and we had to stay there for like over a week. You know, it was something crazy. We stayed in this hotel, this motel, like next to like this rocket ship. I don't even remember. It's like a landmark of Cordial, Georgia, which is the watermelon melon capital of the world, which we knew because we stayed there for so long. (laughs) But uh, day one and day two was like the first I started kind of writing those on like the first days being there of just how how like lonely it felt. And that you know, we're older now, this, right. this girl, you know, I obviously wish her the best and everything, but I don't know much about her, but, uh, we were just like that, you know, my first, the first one I'm mentioning, we were toxic as well. And I knew she was kind of doing her thing when I was away and, you know, like vice versa, you know, like <laughs> yeah. it was just like, you know, whatever, but we, we knew we were just wrong for each other, but there was just that, you know, you have that connection with like toxic lovers where you just, love each other, but hate each other in some yeah, weird yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't know any better, you know, anyway. So, um, so yeah, like the, those two songs were written basically about being stuck there and kind of just feeling like I know what's happening over there and I'm stranded. Like mm-hmm. there's like the trust issues and it's just like a, you know, like a melting pot of just like negativity. And then day three, even though a lot of that record is written about someone else, day three is basically, it was emotions I was feeling with the other person and they were completely separate from one another, but it was also coming out of that trip. Cause obviously when we made questions and answers, we were, we, we were long gone from that trip, from that breakdown. But 
the third song day three is basically like a rejoice of like, who cares? We're leaving. You know what I mean? Like, and not just leaving that, that space we were in when we were broken down, but like leaving mentally. Mm. So even though, again, a lot of that record was being hung up on somebody else, it was kind of a closure to that first person. Interesting. So, yeah. Yeah. I was curious. I mean, obviously you can tell lyrically that it's about something, someone that you're missing or not missing or right, you know, right. love hate relationship with back home. Uh, and I'm assuming that kind of plays into the next track on that album to King of Hearts, because it kind of like kind of fades in. Right. It's more like a somber acoustic kind of jam. And by all means, that's my favorite song on the entire album. It's probably my favorite song that you guys have done as a group, but uh, the very end of that song, the crescendo and the big, you know, my heart's not broken and I'm not dead. That's kind of like rang true to me for so long. And I think, uh, because at that same time, I was also like, you know, bummed out and going through breakups and all that other crap. But that line kind of stuck. And I was like, damn, dude, that he's right. Like my heart's not broken, so I'm not dead. And it's like, you know, not a brush it off the shoulder, but as much as I tried or as much as I could, I would try to do that. Yeah, for sure. And that, that song, so it leads into that song and that song is about the other person again, super, super separate from, um, you know, from the other person, but it leads into that. And yeah, I mean, I had a really rough time in a lot of my life with like these situations or whatever, you know, and obviously I'm just as much at fault as anyone else, but you know, you learn the hard way you grow up, whatever. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that song was kind of like, uh, you know, I knew what was happening with this other person and what was going on behind her closed doors or whatever, but (laughs) you could tell, you know, at, (laughs) at the end of the day, I've been through so much, even off the first record, there's so much of that, that it's like, you know, it's just like, it was kind of just like, well, whatever, you know, I have everything I need. I have my friends. I have, you know, my, my friends being my band and my other friends, you know, I have this whole world where at the end it's like, look, I know what's going on, but at the end of the day, it's like, I'm, I'm cool, you know, which I wasn't, but in that moment I felt strong and cool. You know what I mean? I felt, I felt like I could take on anything in that song, but then the next song, you know, like the, you know, three cigarettes is about that person. And, that's a song about just sitting in your room being like, what the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. And like all of my lyrics were written in those moments where I was sitting in that room or whatever. Like, you know, I, I like remember all of it like it was yesterday. And sometimes it's difficult, you know, especially when you're not that person anymore at all. It's like, it's like, holy shit. Like, man, I was, I let a lot of things really get to me, you know? And, uh, you know, it's, it's funny when, you know, looking back on these songs and listening to them again, cause I've been listening to it being like, all right, you know, like, it's pretty cool. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm pretty excited to sing them again because I know they mean so much to people, yeah. you know what I mean? And they mean just as much to me, but I approach it so differently now, you yeah. know, I approach it as more just like, fuck yeah, this is sick, you know? And I don't necessarily like, you know, I let go of the past. I don't necessarily like think of those people in the sense um, when I'm singing those songs, I just think of more of like, wow, I just can't believe this is stuck with people for so long and newer people are going through things and getting over it with these songs or whatever. It's like, yeah. it's pretty rad. It's pretty fucking awesome. So speaking of this, the going back and listening to like those old songs, are you ever like impressed? Like, are you, are you impressed by yourself and you know, the band? Cause like, 
I've done that where like I had like I've been in bands before in like the early 2000s and like you know 15 years later I'll go and like look my MP3 up and I'll listen to it and I'm like damn I kind of hated that song back when we were a band <laughs> but now I'm like damn that thing rips you know like we and I was like I can't believe we wrote that you know what I mean do you ever have that same feeling I think I think sometimes I do I I'll I don't listen to the stuff much just because and I'm not you know I'm proud of what we've done. I've listened to it thousands of times. Oh yeah. Why would you want to listen to it on record? Yeah. Like I would never deny that. (laughs) But later as I go along, you know, I'm proud and fortunate to have like an extensive catalog of music where, you know, if I'm just in a zone or a mood, I'll listen to it. And when I do, I'll text someone on the side and be like, yo, you killed that shit. Like, holy shit. Like night versus the sleeping. Like I'll hit up the night versus dude sometimes. Cause I'll listen to our record and, you know, I'll be like, you know, I always got to give props to people. I was like, wow. You know what I mean? Like I just talked to, I just like mentioned something to Joe, our drum, the sleepings drummer the other day, just about his style. And like, I think music for me, I don't, you know, I, I don't listen to it when I listen to it and hear myself, I dissect myself because I'm in such a different headspace and like approach to music vocally and lyrically that I'm like, you know, I, I just, I'm like, Oh man, I should have did this or whatever. But when it comes to the music, I'll be like, fuck, I can't believe how sick this part was. And, you know, I'll text Sal or whoever be like, yo, you killed that shit. That's, That's kind of more where I am when I listen. I should probably have gone that way. I think it's uh, I don't necessarily think like, oh, my part, because I was the vocalist in the band. No, no, I'm no. I think my part's and, cool. Yeah. But I was like, damn, that whole like the whole thing together is like, fuck, man, that was great. You know, like they, yeah, they totally. really killed it. Um, and yeah, I, no, I, I, it's definitely more outward you know what i mean but there are there are moments where i hear something i did and i'm i'm just more like critical about it yeah. but not in some like weird pretentious way it's just like oh damn i would i would do that so differently now but it mm. still meant something then right like that's what needed to be done at that moment i would never change any of it you know do you regret ever writing lyrics about someone or something personal like in your own life that, you know, like now looking back 15 years later or 10 years later, depending on when the album came out, you yeah. know, you're a different person now. And I know like Daryl yeah. from Glassjaw has done a lot of, you know, things where he's like, oh, I should probably, probably, probably shouldn't have written those first, you know, couple albums, lyrics or whatever. Yeah. But do you ever feel like that? Honestly, I, I don't. I've always been a, I've always been a believer of just like, I knew at some point my life would change, you know, for, for the better, because I always try to be better. You know, it takes a while sometimes, but Mm -hmm. you know, so much of our music helps people and it's pretty, it's pretty insane. Like I, I don't regret any of it because it's like music should be honest. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like, like Weezer um, Pinkerton, I know Rivers has commented in the past how he felt he like hates that record because he felt he was like too vulnerable on it hmm. and didn't want to share that much of himself with people. And I, I respect that and I get that. But me, it's like I need to do that. You know what I mean? Like it's therapy for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I don't just write lyrics to be like, oh, I got to put this on the song. Like I literally am writing those lyrics in that moment, feeling that anger or pain or whatever, like, you know, like I, I think some writers, they'll think about the way they felt and then they'll write about it kind of thing where I'm like, a lot of the times I wrote most of those songs, I was like in that moment, right. you know what I mean? Right. So I, I don't regret any of it because it's helped me be 
a better person, you know, help, help me blossom or whatever you want to call it, become, become who I am today, you know, like, and I want people to see that honesty because I, I really do try to always say how I feel instantly. You know what I mean? Like sometimes I do it without thinking where, yeah, maybe it is stupid, but for the most part, it's like, I want the rawest part of me to be present so that there's no room for like any type of, um, I guess you can say like facade of like being sincere. I need, I need it to be like super raw. You know what I mean? I get that. I get that. I want to touch base on some lyric writing, but beforehand you brought up Weezer. So I have to ask because Weezer is one of those bands that I kind of have a love hate relationship with. You you brought up Pinkerton. I think Pinkerton and blue album are the only Weezer albums out in existence. I think everything after that is kind of, when you you said something about uh, art, I think Green Album is pretty incredible too. I, yeah, maybe. I think Green Album is pretty awesome, but life changing. Definitely Blue Album, Pinkerton, one hundred percent. And the B sides, I remember when I was at my, I think it was my prom. Yeah, I was like at my prom, you know, whatever. We went away to the shore for the weekend, you know, dumb prom shit. <laughs> um, I remember I saw this Weezer bootleg like b-side cd at a game and i played i spent like 60 bucks on this game and eventually i was just so angry that i offered the guy 30 bucks to have it because i had never heard any of those songs before yeah you know it had like suzanne and jamie on it and uh uh, michael and carly i believe is the name of that song it had like a bunch of b-sides on it and just like unreleased stuff and i just remember being like all right you clearly can tell i can't win this game (laughs) Just let me give you $30. You already had my sister, so come on, man. And I remember... Um, my date is very upset home. at me. She's waiting by the claw machine or whatever. No, I was I, I was actually just with my friends. I don't even think I had a date, I don't think. I don't... Oh, I, go, and I stag, don't go and stag to prom. I like it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it, at point being, that was like a round blue album in Pinkerton. Like, you know, that stuff is life-changing for me, you know. Um, Green Album is amazing, too. Obviously, it's a little different. I'll have to go check it out again. I'll have to go check that one out again. I Yeah, yeah. I think Green Album is really awesome. And honestly, Weezer does what they do. I mean, they're still, you know, props to them for going so long, being a band, the same guy, you know, obviously the same guys outside of Matt Sharp and the Mm -hmm. dude on the Green Album. But like, you know, it's it's like good for them. You know what I mean? It's not my thing anymore, but that's just because I'm not really too into like that pop aesthetic. But you can't deny the songwriting for what they're doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's how I should probably approach it. But I'm just like, mm, the, everything. Yeah, I mean, after you can also that, hate like, it. Yeah, it's all good. I don't like it. It just doesn't <laughs> seem real to me. And that's and that, that's just me. You know what I mean? Right. But that's also me being a gatekeeper and having a little bit of the old hardcore scene still in me. Right. I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, but look, it's not some bad thing to not like bands or records. Like I, I think people sometimes kind of play on that like world of like, oh, I don't want to. You know, I would never. I appreciate every band, artist, whatever, of any medium. I appreciate anybody for what they do artistically. Like, I think being an artist and really trying to make something happen is a, a, it's a energy and a, and a feat all in itself. Right. But of course there's things I don't like, of course there's things I'm like, I'm not that into it, but I'll always listen to a whole record or I'll always maybe try and listen to it twice. You know, like I, I give it a, I give things I don't like a fair shot because Music is music, and I appreciate all musicians. You know, I appreciate all art in general. So I have to. Uh, I guess I like things that are authentic, right? Like, like we, like you said earlier, 
And so part of me just thinks sometimes that if it feels mailed in, or I don't want to say mailed in, but if it just feels like catchy, easy, whatever, that right. might not have been the that might not not have been the hardest road to, to take, you know. But again, that's just some garbage that hasn't been instilled in my mind from like the early days. Oh, so. but it's also perspective, dude. Like think, and you know, you have the right to think in that way, but think, think also maybe, maybe it's organic to them, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe it is more than what you see it as, you know, yeah. but I mean, I'm not here to defend anyone. <laughs> I'm just saying like, you know, like it, 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 you know, I think sometimes in the world we live in life is like a and B to people now because everything's so easily attainable, accessible, but there's so much context in, in every aspect of life. There's like infinite context and infinite, you know, I could, I can literally like punch this off of my, you know, shelf, like out of nowhere, you know what I mean? Like there's, it's not just a and B talk, get off, you know, like, you know, talk, hang up on zoom. Like it's, you know, whatever, using that as an example, meaning like there's the world is like, uh, it's not you can't even explain it so i think i don't know we that's a whole other thing but yeah, basically yeah. my point is just like nothing is what it is and if you know if you feel a certain way about something who cares that's the way you feel you know so back to the lyric writing that i was talking about yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, you wrote lyrics a certain way right until you kind of worked with ross robinson and he had somewhat of an effect and he was pretty hard on you I, from what i can understand about the lyrics you were writing uh, with the Night Versus, uh, the last album that you were on. Yeah. Um, how did that affect, like, how did it change, like, what did what changed and how does it affect going forward for you? Because I, so, I know he had a big influence elsewhere, and we'll get into that too, but, you know, yeah. go ahead. So Ross and I became extremely, extremely close. It was probably one of the craziest experiences of my life. I remember being in a band before the sleeping and just starting being in a band. And I remember hearing, you know, Ross Robinson records for the first time, you know, like Sepultura roots. And, you know, I remember saying to myself, like, I don't know anything about music on that level, but I want to record with this guy. It's like my goal to do a record with this guy. And I didn't even know what that meant. I just remember saying it fast forward all these years later, my versus does a record with Ross and Night Versus is a very, they're the best. Like they, they blend thought and like sitting with the music and really thinking about it with feeling. I, I don't see many bands really, really do that. And thought meaning like um, technically, you know, like they, they'll think, but at the same time they feel, they have such a great balance for that. And when we did that record, you know, a lot of what I learned from Night Versus was the, like the, the, thought part of it, the technicality of like thinking lyrics and whatever. So when we went to Ross, I I had all the lyrics written for these demos. I wrote every single lyric, copied them, stapled a booklet, had like nine booklets for everybody. I've never done anything like this. That's just kind of where our headspace was, you know, gave everybody the booklets. And I just kind of remember Ross in his own way being like, what the fuck is this? And I was like, oh, these are the lyrics of the songs. And then we started and he was like, you know, you can only imagine Ross just completely like sparked this new thing in us, something we'd never done before. And basically was like, this shit, this makes no sense. Like you're writing now. And basically like 
more or less just threw the books, you know, the booklets away or whatever. And at first I was kind of just like, oh, that's interesting, you know, like what the fuck? But we were so giving to the process. And even Ross talks about that to this day. Like we just wanted to do something with Ross. We didn't, we just wanted to like go exactly where he wanted to go because he gets like that. He goes in his own realm and like, you know, we were, I think, I think at some points we probably would have like, you know, stood our ground a little differently, but when you're, when you just go in it with him, you're just like, yo, fuck it. This is sick. Like the energy is so insane that you just want to be there. You don't want to fight it. Mm -hmm. And eventually we kind of like, you know, we just all synced up and started making the stuff we made and the lyrics just kind of started coming out like extremely differently. Um, It's definitely helped my approach in the sense that I think, I think my writing has a little more now, especially when I just write by myself and whatnot. It definitely feels a little more like ominous. And I don't mean that in any way other than just like it's being honest without being so tongue in cheek all the time. And I think there's an importance to that sometimes because I'll write anything 100% to my rawest, but I also want people to get their own interpretation. And I feel like with Night Versus, that was a big thing. People were kind of getting their own interpretation where like the sleeping, you know exactly almost to the T what I'm talking about. Right, right, right. But I do think with the sleeping, it's going to go back to being more just straight up because the chemistries are so different. You know what I mean? I love Night Versus to death, but there's still a different chemistry with the sleeping than there is Night Versus and vice versa. So even though I've learned these things, I think what's changed me with Ross is more my approach to like playing with like playing to my strengths vocally and, you know, not trying to accomplish things that I don't think I can't accomplish live. So I think that's a different approach I've gotten from Ross. I mean, I was doing whole takes, you know, like Mm -hmm. just singing the whole way through, which I never really did. And also I'm in a different shape than I was different healthy mindset than I was back in the sleeping days night versus I was, running like 20 miles a day, jump roping for like two hours. You know, I fought in Muay Thai and trained in judo. So like I was just in a different space, but now I'm in that space. So I'm interested to see playing wise Mm -hmm. where that goes in terms of, you know, in in terms of playing the show and stuff. I'm, I'm excited to see that, you know, we, we did a reunion a few years back sleeping and I was in that mindset that I'm in now but I think I've settled into it more that I think it's going to be even more exciting to like play, you know? So I, I think, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I hope that answers the question. I'm sure it did. It's along the way there. Um, and I think it kind of, I think he kind of slipped up a little bit and said that, you know, your writing style will go back to the old ways for the sleeping. So that's good news for anybody else that probably picked up on that. uh, No, but I, I think it's just more in the context of my writing style. Like even just, Sit like I don't want to get anyone's hopes up. Like that's no, no, I know nothing like that on the table. Wink, but wink, wink. No, <laughs> <laughs> when I, I do write a lot by myself, like I can show you tons and tons of notebooks, and I think that's more or less what I'm referring to. Okay. Like when I write, when it goes back to the sleeping and just in the mindset of playing, right? It really does go back to that approach. You know what I mean? Like uh, it's just the way I approach lyrics are differently. And, and I, and I really do mean the lyrics that I already have. Like I think about it in such a different way as opposed to night verses. 
Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Well, there are yeah. they're, they're two separate different things, and even musically, exactly. one is completely. Uh, I don't want to like. One's not better than the other, but one's a little bit more technical than the other one. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, and, there's just a, it's just completely different. Yeah. You know, it, we all love the same things, but the approach is different. And exactly what I was saying with lyrics, it's like the approach is different. For sure. You know what I mean? So, so. let's kind of uh, cut pivot as they call it. Cause you already mentioned a couple other things that you do outside of music. So I'd like to kind of expand on, expand on that. You, um, you said you're writing a lot. You also have a blog or you're still currently doing your roadside. Vegan I, blog I did. Or? I did have a blog. I, I don't do it anymore, honestly. And that's the other thing about like the honesty with me. It's like when I'm, when I'm like, I'm not feeling this, yeah. I don't care if people are like, Oh, this is great or whatever. Like it's amazing that people thought that. And it was getting kind of a thing, but I was like, I'm not a blogger. Like, I don't really care. Like, was it just tedious so to keep up with? Doing it. Was it tedious? Is that why you kind of gave it up? No, it I don't think it like was tedious. Job. I think I was just like, who the fuck do I think I am? That's just kind of what it felt like in that moment. That's what it felt like. Like, yeah, I love going to vegan spots, you know, still to this day. And like, I lo- I, I'm always like, oh man, this is fucking dope. Like, man, I, I got to tell like my friends about this place or whatever. But at the end of the day, I'm like, who, who like, I'm not going to, you know, and now we live in an age where everyone does that stuff anyway, mm-hmm. where I was doing it on like a blog site. And now I'm like, you know, not that people weren't doing it at that point, but now it's like so easy to do anything like that, where it's just like, it just doesn't feel right to me. So I, that's why I stopped that. I got you. I got you. But are you, you're still vegan, I'm assuming. I am. Yes. All right, cool. Yeah. So there's a couple things that, I mean, I've, I feel like a lot of the guests that come on this show and a lot of the people that are in the music industry and whatnot, a lot of them happen to be vegan. And that's just kind of strange because I feel like that's probably one of the hardest jobs to remain vegan because again, you're traveling. Well, it's gotten a lot better over the years, but you know, early on it was very hard. Like you said, you're just eating French fries all the time or whatever, you know, bean burritos from Taco Bell or something like that. So, um, how I think it's also not to cut you off. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I think it's also, here I am talking about like approach again. It's your approach to it as well. Because when I first became vegetarian, like many years ago in the band, it was like disco fries, fucking like the shittiest food you can think of. But for some reason, you know, like I was just like, Oh yeah, I'm going vegetarian, whatever. But like, you know, whatever. And then I decided to go vegan. I think it's like six years now or something like that. I decided to go vegan and it was more for health at that point. I was just like, I just want to be super healthy, whatever. And then there was a moment, you know, we don't have to like get crazy into this, but there was a moment I had where it shifted into like the animal rights aspect. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like super militant. It's like very different from me, you know? And I, and I think, yeah, a lot of people are vegan and that's an amazing thing. And I'm, and obviously I know I'm not the only one for animals, whatever, because you have to have some sort of compassion to be vegan, but the moment I had where it clicked, like it really clicked. So, you know, I think it's great that so many people in the arts industries in the art industries are like vegan, like strict vegetarian. But, you know, I, and I think it's because I think at some point people do it because there is this kind of, uh, this like glamorous thing to it. Oh, everyone's vegan or, you know, this band or whatever. And that's a great way to start. But I think it's where you take it after that too, you know, Mm -hmm. and and it kind of shifted for me into like a whole other world of like, whoa, like this is not what I even expected to feel like now as a vegan where, 
you know, I, you know, I throw away everything I have that I ever had that was like animal products. Like years ago, I threw that shit away. Uh, I don't use it in any of my, you know, my hair or anything. So there's a question that I kind of want to ask you uh, about, about that topic. Cause you said you're kind of like militant on it and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the older I get, the more I find out about just how things really are. And that could be like, you know, quote unquote conspiracies or whatever you want to talk about. Like things in food is one of those things that you kind of research out and you're like, okay, well obviously they're pumping XXX into all these animals. They're also kind of gene modifying all these plants and stuff like that. So you never really know what to eat, but I kind of go back to like humans as a species. So like what would humans as a species? So obviously eating meat every day, that's not what the species should do right. because that's not what they did in the past. It was always right. like kind of like a luxury or something like that. If they had, you know, if they had meat around, they would eat it. But for the most part, it was foraging and, you know, plant-based diets. But right. I want to know, cause I, I never really ask all the other members of the vegan society that are on the show, like, what are your thoughts on like hunting for your own food? Like I know you're, you're, you're animal activists and stuff like that, but if you're, and again, if you're supplementing like a day or two out of the week with your diet for the protein part, you know, you have a better connection with that. I don't want to say better connection with that animal, but where the food comes from, because you went out and got that, you know, what is, what is kind of like your stance or the vegan stance on that? I will always like dead this conversation because (laughs) it's just like, there's kind of no argument, but I don't preach, right? right? Like I feel the way I feel. I hang out with my friends at restaurants when they eat meat. Like it's, I'm not like that, but since we're talking about it and you're, you're asking about sure. it, you know, uh, you did mention this was kind of like a Joe Rogan esque podcast, <laughs> like vibe for right. music. So I, I like, you know, I feel like this is where it's going and I'm thinking of Joe Rogan in terms of hunting. Mm. And it's like, that's cool that you want to do that. I mean, obviously you're still killing an animal that mm-hmm. doesn't really deserve at all deserve to be killed in any way, but also we're not survivors. Like we're not like survivors like that anymore. Right. Like okay. you can literally go to the store and buy impossible meat or like beyond, you know, and that stuff isn't necessarily healthy vegan food anyway, but it takes away the killing of an animal. So it's like, like it'd be different if you and I, if I like threw a rock at your head and that's how we're talking right now, you know what I mean? Like, but we're, we're not in that world anymore. Like you can do anything differently Hmm. alternatively. So I think the whole like hunting kind of thing, I mean, it just kind of sounds like bullshit to me, to be honest. Um, I don't think there's any right way to do it. And on top of that, it's like, this isn't like, you know, we're not cavemen anymore. Like this is, this is a whole different world. You yeah, know what I, I mean? guess like, I never kind of approached it at that. Like you said, like we're not, we're not surviving anymore. We're kind of like flourishing at this particular point. I guess right, my, exactly. only, my only drawback would probably be like the soy, like the amount of soy that I, and, I, and again, I've never dived into that kind of diet, but like, you know, <clears throat> when I'm shopping in the sh- supermarket, it seems like everything is kind of like somewhat soy based or whatnot. And, you know, there's all these kind of articles in the last couple of years that come out about soy, this soy, that obviously that's, it's not good for you. Soy is first generation vegan food. It's still a good amount of protein and it's good. It's okay. In moderation, it's 100% the best alternative as opposed to eating an animal in, in, if you're looking at it like that, but like real veganism, it's like, 
I enjoy eating vegetables and beans every day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I enjoy eating, I enjoy eating carrots by themselves. Like, you know, there's, doesn't say I love my fair share of vegan junk food, of course, but I mean, it's like, I enjoy eating like true, you know, like salads and you're, mm-hmm. you know, like I'll eat like peppers by themselves, tomatoes. I don't care. Like I'll eat an onion if it's in there and I'm hungry. Like, and that's all there is. Like, I don't, you know, it's that stuff that most people that approach veganism find like boring or, you know, you know, or ask about it or whatever that find that stuff kind of like boring or whatever. It's like, that shit's, that's the best stuff. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like something you kind of mentioned on another podcast that you recorded years ago that I happened to check out, uh, shout out to John and the brutally speaking podcast. I don't even think it was called that when you were on the show, but you were like one <laughs> of his first couple guests, whatever. Um, you were saying something about like taste buds and um, how like meat dulls your taste buds and stuff like that. I I also kind of think that like when you eat out, like whether it be fast food or whatever, that there's something in there that makes you not want to have vegetables. <laughs> there's something there that makes you think like, okay, vegetables, mm, I'd rather have this, you know, because the reward, they've kind of like genetically modified the food to like release your reward system, your natural reward system to yeah. like, when you're eating Whatever it could be, chocolate could be something well, else. It's added sugars. Mm-hmm. It's unnatural sugars, and it's high sodium. You know, like tons of tons of foods when you eat out are like high in sodium. It's it's all these things that tell your brain like, oh, keep eating this. You know, these empty calories or yeah. whatever, and then you get cravings. You know what I mean? Like you're not really craving I, the, the stuff you need or the stuff you you know right. Like yeah, that, that's why it's good to maintain. The, food that's good, like healthy for you, like actually healthy for you. Because when you eat those shitty foods, you're like, Oh, it tastes like shit. Yeah. Like I have, I love chips. Like, like sometimes <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I love chips. That's it. But, um, I bought a bag of chips the other day. What's his, what, what's, your, what's the chip? What's the chip? Of- I'm like a kettle cooked guy, like okay. jalapeno kettle okay. cooked. I okay. like some jalapeno. You have to watch out. Cause whatever, again, going into that whole craziness, <laughs> but the ones that I can eat, I like, I like kettle cooked jalapeno chips, whatever. So, um, but, uh, there, so yeah, like I'm, I'm a chip guy, right? I bought some random bag of chips the other day and I like put some, you know, I was eating some and I was like, oh my God, this is disgusting. Like salty, sugary, like just not, it was so bad. And like, it's because the ones I get are usually, again, their chips are not good for you, but they're a better type of chip right, for right, you. Right. And I was just like, fuck, this tastes like shit. And like instantly I knew it. Like I poured water in the bag to make sure I didn't like lightly grab any anymore. And right. I just threw it in the trash. <laughs> right. Like, you know, um, but yeah, like you can sense that stuff the more you eat healthy, period, whether yeah. you're vegan or not. That's what I was getting at. Healthy. Yeah. The more you it's eat like, that stuff, the more you're like, oh my God, this like bare ass tomato is fucking making my brain pop you know like right, this orange exactly. is blowing my brain up i i recently changed my diet to where it's like very low carbs no sugar for the most part my vice was uh chocolate and um coca-cola so i would like slam coca-colas soda is the worst thing for you it's of like course, one of the of worst course. things and for i knew body. that i knew that but you know the fructose corn syrup was just in my veins and i need right it, right you know? so like i would get to a point where i'm just slamming like whole cans not even tasting it just like getting it into my body so my body could have it and i i was like man i'm straight up addicted so uh, i i kind of cut it off and when i started changing up my diet a little bit that's when everything you can tell like oh my god 
everything tastes so much different and better and totally. vibrant. Yeah. I mean, you're eating shit for so long. And then when you or in, ingesting, drinking, whatever, like you're putting shit in your body for so long. And then when you stop, you're like, Whoa, this is actually crazy. Like I can actually, I remember the moment that it, that I tasted again for the first time. I remember it like it was yesterday. It was, it was actually insane. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, it's like eat whatever you want to eat. You know, it's, if you eat meat, go for it. Cool. Whatever. You know, I obviously wish people eventually think differently on that subject, but I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like there's been tons of progress and that's better than nothing. You know what I mean? So there's a lot more vegan restaurants in general, like that are just, regular restaurants that people go to rather than just vegans going to the restaurant because, you know, vegans and vegetarians, they play a lot with like different flavors, spices, palates, all that kind of stuff. So it is much different than going to like a regular, you know, Longhorn or whatever. Yeah. And and even if you, even if you don't mess with like meat alternatives or whatever, I mean like Indian food, most of it's vegan, Mm -hmm. you know, or like vegetarian, but uh, I mean, Indian food's like some of my favorite food ever. So I have like my go-tos and, and what I can eat at the spot by my house and like shit's bomb. And you what's don't a, have to What's be... a go-to dish for you? Because I, I, Indian food is not something I've relished in or, or dabbled in. So like what, what is something that, should, that a starter should go to? Mm, I'd say if I were to like, I mean, dosas are always the way. The dosa is like a thick coconut made like coconut, like milk made crepe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in that crepe, I get mine extra, extra spicy, but there's like potato peas, you know, it's not necessarily the healthiest thing, but again, it's, it's, it, you're saying potatoes and peas and it's not really that healthy. Oh, well, you know, like spices, but spices are good for you, you know, yeah, especially like Indian food, like the spices are amazing for you, but, uh, yeah, it's like a thick, actually, I think that, I think those are like rice crepes, but, um, but yeah, like that's usually my go-to with a little bit of chutney is like really good. Okay, cool. Um, I really love like any curries that I can eat. You know, a lot of, I, I like spicy. I'm like a super big spicy fan. The jalapeno so. chips gave it away, man. What? The jalapeno chips gave it away. Of course. You yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Are you still but, running? Uh, what's up? Are you still running? Uh, so I just started training in jujitsu. Okay, so uh, I, I was going to ask if you fought. I know you were doing Muay Thai. Are, did you fight Muay Thai? Uh, I did. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And now you. So I trained and fought in Muay Thai, but now um, it. So before the pandemic, I was going to this gym in the city. Amazing gym. Awesome people. Pandemic happened. I just kind of never went back there. And now that I like pretty much work from home, I'm just like there's a there's a jujitsu spot by my house that also has kickboxing. So. Uh, you know, I see all my friends do jujitsu and I'm like, I've done it before briefly when I lived in LA, but my wife and I were just so depressed there that we, we just stopped doing anything really. But, um, but yeah, like, I don't know. I've always, I've always seen it and been like, well, I like judo. This is pretty cool. And I've always kind of just wanted to find that place. And I feel like I found that place. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm like big into fitness. Um, so I, I ride my bike all the time. That's like the main type of like cardio I really do. I do like 30 miles a day, try to do like 30 miles a day on my bike. Um, but yeah, like uh, jujitsu just seems like that next step in evolution of just kind of wanting to learn more, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm just kind of into always like learning about martial arts in like any way. I just think it's like really sick and it's definitely a really good discipline and the headspace I'm in now, I, w- I love being more disciplined with things and yeah. 
I think it helps you and it does help you with like all of your other aspects of your life. So I definitely have thought about, that's one of the things I thought about doing jujitsu. I would never want to fight in jujitsu. Like I don't want to be an MMA guy or like a, yeah, yeah. I don't like MMA either. I'm not, (laughs) it's not my thing. Like I don't watch it competitive competitively. Like people ask me when I go even in Muay Thai or whatever, like, Oh, like, you know, are you into, I was like, I've never even really watched Muay Thai until I started training. I just wanted to do it. I wanted to fight. I wanted to get in the ring, you know? So how'd that go? Uh, I lost, but did you only it do was one time? Lot. Only one time? Or have you yeah. One so time? I, I fought once and then I just trained for a long, the thing is I was always on tour. Right. So it's like, even though I went to that gym for two years, it was probably maybe like six or seven months of like time that made me eligible to fight. And, um, yeah, it was really sick. Um, there's like a photo of me like getting punched in the face, like smiling, Cause I was just like, honestly, the first round, you're like, what is happening? Like, yeah. you don't, you kind of just don't even understand what's happening. Like I've been in fights before or whatever, but not, you know, and I'm not saying that in any cool way, like when you're younger or whatever, right. but, uh, but yeah, like when it's organized and, and someone's just coming at you and you know, this is for the reason you're kind of like, wait, what? And in that moment, I remember getting like hit, but, uh, my loss wasn't bad at all. Like I started coming back in the third round and I remember, um, my opponent's corner came up to me like a half hour after the fighter. They like looked for me and they're like, they're like, Hey, was that your first fight? I'm like, yeah, it was they're like, dude, you had our guy like running scared. Like he did not, he was like, he was complaining that he couldn't take you down or like knock you out. Cause I just kept getting back up anytime I'd ever get like swept. I just stand back up. I was just like, this is dope. You know, <laughs> I'm more for like the experience of it, but, uh, that's cool. But I, I love it. I really do love it. Yeah. I definitely, I've been wanting to, get into some kind of like, like I said, BJJ would be something and it would be morally, mostly probably because of the mental headspace, like you were saying, and it, the workout, obviously. Um, so yeah, you're not you running should. anymore. I'm sorry. You don't run anymore. Uh, I don't run as much anymore. The thing, the thing is when I was running 20, like 20 miles a day, it was night versus were on tour and I would run with Goose, the drummer of Every Time I Die at that time, Norma mm. Jean. And we did like five tours in a row, four or five tours with Norma Jean and like some of our best friends. And we, I would just run so much. And Goose was like, hey, I want to run with you. And like we ran together. A, a bunch of people would run with us. And it just kind of turned into like we're just kind of running until we have to go back. And like it was more it was cool because we were like I loved running for the scenic aspect. Like right. I wouldn't even realize by the end of it, we went all around like Berlin or, you know, wherever we were at that time where now it's like, I, you know, I don't like running in my area because I just know, like, yeah. I know where I live, you know, like it's, yeah. it's not as exciting. We're on a bike. It's like, you don't really think like that. You're just like, fuck it. I'm riding. I'm getting like a dope workout in, but like running it's, it's more, I like, I enjoy running when I don't know where I am. I got you. I, um, yeah. I just did my first 5k in like a year and a half in the nice. I haven't really been running in a year, so it was my longest. It's my longest time, but it wasn't off by much. It was only like two minutes or so, but uh, it was cool because it was in an area of the town I hadn't ever been. So you know, you're running through all that. Uh, yeah, totally. So I got some last look, couple questions here from you know people that have sent them sure. in to me, and you can elaborate as much as you want or as little as you want. Sure. Um, someone asked me to ask you about Tony Brummel. No comment. Okay, we'll we'll skip. That. <laughs> um, the Secret Show with Glassjaw in 2010. They wanted me to talk about it, so I don't necessarily know anything about it. Although Glassjaw is one of my biggest 
bands that I love. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome dudes. Awesome fucking band. Um, I don't even, honestly, that is something I don't even remember to be honest with you. I'm not even sure if we played, I guess we maybe did play it. I just remember the secret show I went to when they played Maxwell's in Hoboken. That's like what I keep thinking of. So, but, uh, did you go to the worship and tribute tenure? Uh, I didn't know. Oh, see, that's one of the shows I flew up to New York for. <laughs> nice. There you go. That's sick. So, you know, yeah, I mean, those, you know, that, you know, I, I used to bartend at one of Sal's bars and like, we'd always hang with Daryl and stuff. So it's like the, those guys are, you know, it's more just kind of like in the circle of friends or whatever. So well, I would love to have Daryl on. He's been a lifelong uh, vocalist. I've always looked up to. I've, yeah. I've loved that band Super for a long time. Um, let's sick. see. Uh, honestly, I'd love to know night verse. Oh, about the night versus split and how far into the creative process from the gallery of sleep was your exit in the band or were you even a part of that at all? Uh, no, I wasn't a part of that record. Um, honestly, it was super amicable. Um, if I'm being honest, I think I was just in such a different headspace. I mean, here's the thing, right? Those guys are younger than I am and amazing, incredible musicians. And they had that fire that I was talking to you about in the beginning with the sleeping, that like undeniable, we're going to do this forever. It does not matter. And I had started off, you know, I started playing with night verses while I was still in the sleeping. So I had that fire. It was like, it was crazy towards the end. You know, I, I got married and even I told my wife, I'm like, this is it. I'm, I'm married, but I'm still going to be touring forever. And eventually I just started getting really homesick and it was like really hard to do. And, you know, they were living in LA and even though they're from LA or California, and even though that's not difficult, everybody does it. I think from the the headspace I was already in from touring so much at that time. And I, it was just very difficult for me to always be out there like three weeks at a time before we even start a tour. Cause I'd go out and practice for like two, three weeks. And they were always so amazing and hospitable to me. You know, like I would stay with Eric's amazing family, you know, everyone took such good care of me, but you know, when you're away from your loved one, especially newly married, it definitely started like wearing on me. And I think at some point I just didn't know how to express that. So when I would be distant, when we'd be home from tours, I wouldn't be trying to be like, Hey, when's the next time we're meeting up or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think they kind of got their, their vibe as well. And they were always an instrumental band. That's how I saw them. Right. right, right. So I think they were just super comfortable with that. And I think after Ross's record, I think they really wanted to create this insane, you know, body of music, which is amazing. And, you know, it was, it was very like, you know, it was a short conversation of friends just being like, Hey, we know you're feeling this way. We think we're going to do this. And it's like, yo, I love you guys. Like, I love that band. I will always back what they do. And I told them that before I even joined the band, I was like, I remember seeing them being like, I don't, you know, I'm in a band. I don't care what part of you guys I have in the future, but I want to be there in some way and help you in any way. And you know, eventually we just wound up being a band and it was really sick, you know? Yeah, that's cool. Uh, but uh, those dudes are still some of my closest friends too. I mean, yeah, I, it sounded like that Eric, earlier on when you were talking about them too. So yeah, like Eric is like my music, like Eric and I, uh, you know, like when him and I get on the phone, we'll talk for like three hours, probably at like 11 o'clock at night. My wife's like trying to sleep and I'm just like in this room, like yelling about what records we've been listening to and, you know, I just talked to Riley today who plays bass. Uh, I'm actually doing some stuff with Nick, uh, some like heavier music with Nick oh, cool. from Night Versus. So it's like, you know, like I the, like 
you share these moments and these adventures with people and like they'll never leave you, you know, even yeah. fans we've met along the way and stuff like I'll always remember the moments I have with those people. They become a part of me and I'm fortunate enough to, with these bands, like they're all still my friends, you know, I'm even doing some stuff with my old band before the sleeping, just like writing and, mm, you know, right. which is another thing I was talking about in terms of my approach to like lyrics, like, you know, I'm writing for many different things, oh, you know? Cool. So, um, you're getting so a lot of, cool little, that that I, getting a lot of different, avenues out and getting a lot of different veins, you know, expressing yourself. Yeah, totally. I um, mean, music is expression, you know, of if you do it the way that I feel I do it, it's expressionism, you know, last couple ones here. When will, when will believe what we tell you get a vinyl release? Also the first night versus lift your existence. When will that be on vinyl? I'm hoping for both of those at some point. <laughs> It's hard to ask me because I'm one guy in a sea of guys that we, you know, we're all very democratic, you know, and that goes for night versus in, in the sleeping, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, I love vinyl. So the minute it happens, let me know, please. I, I would love it. <laughs> you seem like the vinyl um, master with all the vinyls behind you. So, you know, we had to ask. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I, I definitely, I think there's going to be a time for it. I think so. Definitely cool. maybe on an anniversary of like a night versus, you know, lift your existence or, something like that. You know, I think, uh, I think it would be rad. You know, I'm super proud of that record. I'd love to have that on vinyl and I'd love to have, believe we tell you on vinyl too. The artwork is some of my favorite artwork, you know, we've ever done. It was, we did all that DIY. Our friend Jeremy helped with it. Oh, like, cool, yeah. you know, I would, I would love to have that on, on vinyl. It was basically, I don't know if you saw the insert to it, but it's like a newspaper. Yeah. 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 yeah so that's awesome. Yeah. Um, hopefully one day. when you listen to all the night versus tracks or albums i should say in alphabetical yep. order the last song bleeds into the first track of each album whose idea was it to make it continuous like that eric 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 is an, a nutcase in the best way <laughs> he he has the idea with, for that stuff he's very very creative and he's super he's very um what's that word like he's very visual like his ideas you can just see them in a second and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we all obviously a collaborative effort of like, oh, we should name it this and that, you know, but that like all comes to fruition through Eric for sure. Nice. And the music you're leaking on your Instagram story, who are you mm -hmm. working with? Who, what, what body of work is that? Is that the heavy that's, music you're talking about with your that's the stuff I'm doing with Nick? Yeah. Okay. And what, is there a name? Uh, no, there's nothing yet except for some really cool songs we did together that I'm super hyped on. And, you know, even if it's just like a Spotify thing or something mm -hmm. like that, I mean, you know, it's just, it's just cool to do it together with, with my homie. And like, he's fucking awesome. He's an amazing musician. So it's like, yeah, I need to be on this stuff. You know what I mean? That's cool. So there's, there's nothing yet, but there's definitely more coming for sure. Well, Doug, it's been a very, very easy and uh, quick conversation that lasted almost 90 minutes. It just feels like, yeah, that's sick, yeah. dude. Thank you for having me. Um, of course, yeah. And, of course, you know, the second that you guys started teasing uh, the show kind of in anything, um, my buddy who I also kind of do the podcast here with, he's the videographer, uh, JP. Right. He's been a big fan. And every time anything has been posted, whether it's The Sleeping Night versus you, he's, like, instantly sending it over going, like, what is this? And so, of course, like, when, awesome. we, when we saw <laughs> the Irving Plaza thing, we were like, oh, man, I got to get him on. And then, you know, you just happened to – be commenting on the tiger records uh place which by the way um 
that is the current bass player for Bane's little record shop here in town. Oh, sick. So it's very... Yeah, I definitely got to head out there at some point. Where where in Florida is it? Jacksonville. Okay, cool. And uh, it's very, uh, I don't want to say niche, but it, it, it does cater to like our crowd, our, our scene. Yeah. So it's very cool. Like I, you know, everyone that is in a band, I think goes to that store when they're coming through town and you never know who you're going to run, run into. There's been some MXPX oh, guys there and some other band guys. And so it's, it's kind of crazy, but um, what are you listening to now that's inspiring you? Like we'll end it off on that. Mars Volta. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I could Cause this that. just came maybe like three weeks ago. And I think I've listened to each record. Like, uh, I mean, at least, I mean, what I've been doing is I, li- I do it in chronological order. So I start with the EP, D Laos. So basically every night I just do that. And where I leave off the night before I start again. Mm. Um, I feel that because I'm also listening to like D Laos every night on CD yeah. while I'm like cleaning or doing uh, like cooking or something like that. I've also been really into, uh, do you like these arms or snakes? Have you ever listened to these arms? Yeah, or snakes? that's, that's a, that's a, way back in the so day. So they're like a they're like probably one of the sickest bands on the planet and I like have all their shit but I've been listening to Dust Moth which is the guitar player of these Arms of Snakes other band. Uh this record I think only 25 of these are made or 15. It's a sock. It's like a sock on cork board. Wow. But uh I've been listening to them a bunch cuz their new record just came out. That's their old one, but their Dust new Moth one or these arms. These arms, What's that? these arms hadn't have a rec. They didn't have a record that you're talking about the dust moth. No, these arms or snakes have records too. Not a new one, but I'm talking about, I'm talking about dust moth right now. Dust moth, which is the guitar player. of these Right. Arms right. So the new yeah. album would be the dust moth one. Not that these arms. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, the, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Sorry about that. But yeah, this is that record. It's really, really sick. Super awesome band. I'll have to check that out. Uh, yeah. Cause yeah, I, I mean, I do. these arms are like, that's, Jesus, when I was 17 years old, they were, I had a, a music website as well back in the day. Yeah. And um, Equal Vision, were they on Equal Vision? Uh, I think they were on Jade Tree. Jade and then, Tree, there it is, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then I think maybe they had one. Yeah, I, I know they were on Jade Tree, and then I think they had one on, um, I can't remember the label off the top of my head. Well, no, but, the, uh, Jade Tree sent me a bunch of albums, and these arms yeah. were, were on there too. Their EP, I think, was on Jade Tree, and that this is meant to hurt you, and that's like one of my favorite bodies of music. Uh, I've been listening to Green Day Insomniac because I just got the 25th anniversary edition, which is like it sounds awesome. And there's like a live, um, there's a live set from somewhere in like Budapest or something that's wow. on the other side that they've like never released before until that. And then. I mean, Flutter Red, our friends from Scotland that toured with the Sleeping End Night Verses. I've been listening to them a bunch. I, I like listen to them pretty regularly. Uh, Fontaine's DC, a really awesome yeah, Irish band. I'll look into that. They're, they're fucking awesome. I've listened to their new record. Yeah, that's pretty much been my go-to. And, and then obviously you have like the classics like Maserati, which is like a post-rock band. Um, I listen to them like pretty much every day. Nine Inch Nails, I listen to pretty much every day. Yeah, so I work from home, so I just listen to everything That's awesome. all day. What do you do at home? What do you do? Uh, what are you working? I work for I work for primitive skateboarding. Oh, cool. Yeah, right. yeah. So I mean, now that we, I'm not even going to get into the whole skateboarding thing because that's a whole nother yeah. hour. Well, no, it's, it's it's pretty awesome to 
you know, like this would be the job I'd want if I wasn't full-time touring, you know, yeah. working for an amazing skateboarding company. So that's awesome. I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty happy, but yeah. Well, Doug, it's getting dark over there and yeah, you, have, you have to at least put a record on, I'm sure by the end of the night. So I'm going to let you get to that, but I, I appreciate you taking the time to hang out with us and talk to us. And, um, I'm not saying no, I won't be there at the show. I, I definitely <laughs> want to be there by all means. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, uh, it, it is. Please. It is. Keep me, uh, six keep months me away. posted. We'll do. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll get you some good food out here. Yeah. You can take us out uh, or you can take me out to um, the vegan spot and introduce me to Indian food. Definitely. Let's do it. All right, man. Well, again, I appreciate you. Uh, and thanks, yeah, thanks for, for having me. I appreciate it. By all means, man. Sick. Have a great night. You too. Later. This is the story of Whitney Houston. This is the story of Kurt Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died, and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel... They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear, the people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments, the ones where you're... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember, the ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling. It's coming soon from Crowd Network. Just search for Death of a Rockstar on your podcast app. And subscribe now.